0: Hello, remote friends, the information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together, we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. Welcome back to Remote Pathways Podcast. We are so glad you've decided to join us once again because we have a fantastic guest today that we can't wait to tell you about. And I'm going to pass the baton to our co host because, Jen, you have a long working relationship with our guest. Please take it away. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Jennifer
1: Britton, and I'm so excited today because one of my partners in crime, figuratively, of course, Susan Combs, is with us. And she is an executive coach and also a partner with me in the Mentor Roadmap work. So a big warm welcome to you, Susan. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Michelle. So good to have you. And as we've been meeting folks along the Remote world, you know, I have to say I've actually enjoyed some physical road trips with you, yeah. uh, and uh, we are here today to learn a little bit more about the work that you do, specifically in mentoring. For those that are getting familiar with the Digital Dozen, you might recall Michelle and I talked a little bit about our avatar of Malcolm, Malcolm being a more seasoned mentor who meets with and mentors other, and I know that mentoring is a big part of the work that you do, Susan along with leadership. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your work and how it connects in with the
2: remote space? Sure, sure. Glad to. So I am a credentialed coach based in Lansing, Michigan. I'm credentialed through the ICF. I hold the PCC designation. And it really was from my work in coaching that I saw a need to help mentors develop coaching skills. And so that was now the start of our conversation, Jennifer, around, you know, what can we create to be a support for those in the mentoring field and came up with our mentor roadmap workbook. And so most, most of the time I am doing my training for this in person, but uh, last year I worked with a company that has an international presence. And really, uh, had to figure out how to offer the program in a remote way. I hear the dot, dot, dot.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> some of your learning, again, like Mentor Roadmap, we've been, you especially, I've been having so many conversations with lots of teams, lots of leaders. What was a little different about leading that training with
2: mentors and protégés? So a a couple of things. Um, One, the workbook that you and I wrote, Jennifer, um, is usually something that I bring to the training. And I just give it to people, obviously, at the training. And we use some of the tools in that workbook to build the structure around mentoring conversations. So one of the things that that I just had to keep in mind was um, the timing because I needed to just ship the workbooks to my contact at the company and then they had to ship them all the way around the world. So that was a just kind of looking from a timing perspective of being sure that people had the material ahead of time. And then um, I would say the other learning that I that I had from that because we had people from again all over the world on the call was it was super helpful for me to have sort of a tech lead partner with me. I led the training and delivered the content. It was really helpful to have somebody from the company who sort of managed the tech side. So she could relay questions that were coming up and would say, you know, this is from Abby in Japan. This is, you know, from Sarah in Australia. And that allowed me to focus on the content and not to have to try and juggle between, okay, the tech part and and the content.
1: Oh, great. It sounds like it was a really good conversation and a really important collaboration. And that's been a theme that we've been starting to talk about here
2: at Remote Pathways. Yes. And and I would say it's, you know, also kind of served as a model for some of the mentoring pairs because some of the pairs, actually a lot of the pairs were remote, you know, somebody in Japan, somebody in Australia, somebody in the UK. And so, you know, really kind of modeling how do we have these, you know, good, meaty conversations when we're not in the same
0: room. I love the idea of mentoring pairs. Can you expand? How did that work out? Or what are some of the things that are working well in that mentoring pair?
2: So in the pairs, they had about 20 20 pairs last year. And this was uh, women was specifically designed for women all around the world. And the company did the matching. And one of the things that, you know, they really had to keep in mind was uh, the time zones, obviously, because having, you know, a 14-hour time difference just made it a challenge if they were trying to match people up. So they tried to look at the time zones as well as, you know, the, the type of mentor, what the mentee was, was looking for when they did the pairings. And then it was just something that we brought up in the training. Jennifer's done so much work around the world. She gave me a little bit of content and slides around, you know, how do you manage this when you're in two different countries? And what do you need to keep in mind when, when you're doing mentoring remotely? So that, that was really helpful. And certainly taking advantage of, you know, some of the tools that we have now like Zoom or Skype, it allowed the mentor and the mentee to see each other which again, I think just helped make it a more intimate conversation than you know just talking over the phone. So I know several of the pairs utilize those two resources.
0: Hmm. I think there's that huge myth out there, right? That remote can't have that bond uh, that you do in the brick and mortar, as you say, Jen, that, that space, but it really can. Sometimes remote relationships can actually be stronger in some ways.
2: Yes, I found that with my coaching. I uh, coached a woman from California that I haven't met to this day, and we worked together probably five or six years ago. And it was, I would say it was one of the strongest connections I had with a client. She was very intuitive, and anytime I would get a pop of something in my head, I would say it, and it was amazing how many times it connected to what she was thinking. So we we really had some great conversations and she really created a lot of new paths and a, and a lot of exciting projects from the coaching work that we did. And again, never met her, just had great conversations over the phone.
1: I'm really curious, you know, on this note of conversations, because it's going to be a theme that we're digging a little bit more into later on in the year. Um, what are some other tips you have? Because a lot of the work around Mentor Roadmap is about helping both mentors and mentees have better conversations. So Susan, in general, like what do you think is important for everyone to be looking at in the conversational space of mentoring or just in remote work in general?
2: So one of the things that we, we focus on in Mentor Roadmap is to make sure that it's a structured conversation. And so I really emphasize to the mentees You know, you need to come to these calls with one or two, three or four agenda items so that you have a a path and it's not just, hey, how are you doing? What's going on with you? That it's much more of a structured conversation because then I think both the mentee is getting what they want to get out of the conversation and the mentor can just jump right in. Say, okay, we're going to talk about the sticky situation today or... We're going to talk about, you know, how to do some team building activities with your team. And so whatever it is that the mentee wants to talk about, I I really emphasize that they need to come to the call with agenda items.
0: Mm, I think that's so powerful. And and it also sounds like maybe you're setting the intention before you have the conversation. So really, it's focused. Something really good comes out of it. Right.
2: Right. And then, you know, because everybody is so busy now, and all we're asking is for uh, mentors and mentees to have a one hour conversation a month. So it's just one hour and you want to be sure that you're really maximizing that time. So the more structured and focused that the mentees can be, then the more they will get out of the conversation with their mentor.
0: And follow up question on that. What's the impact that you've seen from this mentor relationship once a month? What's been the impact on the organization? A lot of different impacts. Certainly for the mentee,
2: they feel like, you know, they have a uh, kind of a neutral person in their corner, somebody who really is listening to them and is helping them both with tactical, you know, short-term things that are going on right now, as well as planning for long-term career. So they have a lot of conversations around, you know, what sort of things do the mentees need to do to prepare themselves to be ready for that next step in the organization. So that's certainly been a lot of the focus is just the support and for the women to feel like they have been heard and that they're getting support from another professional woman. For the mentors, what we find is several things. They, one is they tend to uh, up their game a little bit because now they have somebody that's really paying attention to them and is paying attention to their habits. So I find a lot of the mentors say, you know, I really have to clean up some of my habits because my mentee has been asking about how do you do this and how do you do that? <laughs> so they, they, yeah, they, so they say they kind of up their game. Um, they also report that they're better listeners after this experience, that they really focus on listening to their mentee and that then translates to listening to their direct reports, you know, listening at home to their families. And then the third area is with the organizations. And we find that in organizations, a lot of the silos get broken down through mentoring programs because you have people that are matched across departments, across different locations in the world. And it really helps to build the fabric of an organization. So lots of positives all all around.
0: That's wonderful. And I would just like to zoom in on that a little bit more specifically in the remote space. What do you think is the importance behind offering something like this for the remote members of your team? So I think it
2: gets you connected. You know, a, a lot of the folks in the company that I, I mentioned, they work remotely. So they have their, you know, their home office and they're doing their work. And that can be lonely at times, you know. So, I think it helps to really keep them connected to the company, what's going on, what do they hear coming down the pike, you know, what's the strategic direction, all of those sorts of things really helps to keep the remote workers connected to the mission and vision of the organization.
0: Mm, I love that and it's it's like um, all that training that I took with Jennifer is coming to life right it's that synergy that we're all yeah. looking for and yes. leaving the remote workers into that fabric
2: yes, yeah, absolutely, so I think the mentoring really helps to anchor people in an organization
1: to that point of like remote adventures and mentoring because I think this is a whole a whole area of Um, exploration. Like Susan, you've really become quite an expert in the area of mentoring while leveraging and developing coaching skills in the mentoring space. So where do you see mentoring going or what are some of the adventures you've seen?
2: I see mentoring becoming more important as more people look for a remote work option. And we certainly see that with you know, the millennial generation, they just, you know, they want a couple days working at home or they want to work all the time remotely. And I think especially for that generation, they really love mentoring and coaching. And so being able to offer the mentor roadmap throughout an organization, um, it really doesn't limit us then, in that you have to be in an office on the same floor, two floors away it really opens up the possibility for people to have a mentor regardless where they are. And I I see it becoming more important as the baby boomers exit the workplace and we're trying to offer these remote working options for the younger generation and still keep them connected to our organization's mission and vision. And if you were like to future forward... What do you think, you
1: know, if we were to come back together again, maybe three years from now or five years from now, where do you think your work with Mentor Roadmap is going to take us? Oh, that's
2: a good question. Um, That's a really good question. I've done a little bit of work around that um, going through the book Traction and just kind of looking at what, what do I see 10 years down the road. And I really do see that there's lots of possibilities for more of these mentoring programs. And I see that again, we're not limited to just having it be in person. I think being able to do this remotely and really continue to have the quality of conversations that I'm hearing uh, really opens it up so that even more people can offer mentoring. So I, I see this this line of my work really expanding. Mm.
1: Love it, and what what I love, and and to bring it back to Michelle's question for us is like, what have been some of your adventures? And I know for you and I, working on two different sides of the border, you know, our our a lot of our relationship has always been remote, but we once in a while get to get together driving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> <It isn't happening. laughs> what do you see as some of the the adventures that you've had in the last couple of years? Because I think it was what 2014 when we
2: started the workbook. And it's now gone. Lots of places. So, what are the adventures? Wow! Around wow. Roadmap. I would say that yeah, our adventure has been one of the the great ones. Being able to partner with somebody has been so important for my business, and just taking a chance and having the conversation, like we did, Jennifer, at the Michigan Coaches Conference, and I just said, "Hey, have you ever thought about doing anything in mentoring?" And and then really for us to be able to build our relationship through all those Skype calls. Yeah. I mean, we we wrote a workbook, you know, sent it back and forth. Working through Skype, we were able to, you know, show different books and resources and pictures and it just was great. I mean, it's it's one of the favorite parts of my business is really doing these mentor programs and, and creating the structure of the workbook is really what enabled me to go out and, and sell it here in the States and I know for you as well in Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, again, uh, the collaboration, I'm so glad you've pointed to that because, you know, collaborating, I think for some people thinking about, oh, what, you've never met each other or you don't see each other, yet you can create something. I think, uh, you know, we're really proud of what we've created at Mentor Roadmap. And we've done most of it, if not all of it, through the remote space, which is really yes. just a paradigm shift. And then it can become a, an in-person tool or a remote tool, which is really neat.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Easy. It was easy and effortless. And yeah, it was was really, I think part of it too, with both of us having the coaching background, you know, we immediately spoke the same language. And so for that, from that aspect, that I think helped too. Made it easy just to dive right in. Absolutely.
1: And that's a new, that's a theme, actually, Michelle and I were talking just before you joined us of like collaboration. We've got to talk about virtual collaboration and how, how yeah. it comes to be and, and how it can actually work really, really well. And to your point, like what is that common connection that you have that you can build upon to create and really fuse together both of your knowledge to create something completely new? because, I, you know, you and I both
2: could have done our own workbooks, but they wouldn't have been the same. Right. And I think, too, that, you know, you can build those relationships remotely. I mean, it wasn't like we were talking all work all the time. You know, both of us have sons about the same age. So it was always a little check-in. What's your son up to? And how's your son doing? And, uh, you know, how are your parents doing? So it was, say, a robust conversation. It wasn't just always about the work. It was really connecting in with each other too on a personal level. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about results. It's also about
1: relationships. So true. So So, Susan, thank you for giving such a window to this. Now, Michelle, you might have a question or two before we go to wrap up today. What are you thinking?
0: What can I just say? It's about the heart of the remote worker that I'm so passionate about. And I just heard it with the two of you. I heard that <laughs> connect, create and collaborate. Let's build dreams together and do something good in the world. And it's amazing when you come together, the amount of creativity that comes when you're willing to take that remote risk. You know, like, I don't know this person, but I think we have common passion area. And I think we could build something that could really be valuable to people. So I thank you both for doing that and saying yes to that adventure because it sounds like it's continued to ripple throughout the years.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we can go months without connecting or talking and then it's like, oh, oh I got to check in with Jennifer. <laughs> and we just kind of pick up where we left off.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Well, You know, I I told you I'm sitting in the curiosity seat, uh, getting to know you today, Susan. But, you know, what's naturally coming up from my heart is, wow, what if what if I want a mentor or I want to be a mentor? How do I bring this up to the company that I work with or maybe let people know that I'm interested in this? Do they connect with you or where do we start?
2: Yes, they certainly can connect with me. My website is susancombscoaching.com. That's Susan, S-U-S-A-N, and then Combs is C-O-M-B-S, coaching.com. And then we also have our Mentor Roadmap uh, website as well. So you could search either of those to get a little bit more information about what Jennifer Jennifer and I have put together as well as, as my work. And then I would say, Michelle, for people that are interested in in having something like this get started in their company is to pitch it as a pilot because sometimes that's a little easier for people to say yes to and the the company that i mentioned doing a lot of this work around the world they did it as a pilot with 10 um, 10 pairs of women and they got the mentors together first and then they all kind of talked about well who would be good mentees and you know instead of getting bogged down into all the you know, what about this and all the administrative stuff? It was just like, pick the pairs and let's start. And you'll have some great conversations because we'll be here to support you.
0: Mm, That sounds like good ground. And it sounds like because it's a pilot approach, you're kind of building it as you go in a way to see what really works. It gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility. Yes. And, w-
2: and one of the things that Jennifer and I do with the mentor programs is we do an evaluation at the end. So they'll get the feedback around, you know, how can we tweak this to make it better for the next go round? And, you know, we've had just great results from the organizations that have used our material around both the structure, the training, and then also that evaluation.
0: Mm, fabulous. And I imagine you have timeframes and all that kind of stuff. If you, yeah, I want to do this pilot program, this this sounds good. I think I want to do this. Sounds like you two might be great mentors for that information as well. Before we let
1: you go, Susan,
0: there, there have been some real success stories. So do you
1: want to share maybe a little bit about where Mentor Roadmap has gone and sort of like the generic framing of what people might be able to tap into
2: through Mentor Roadmap? So one one of the things that we really do is provide the structure. And I think that is what had been missing from a lot of mentor programs because people, you know, just naturally think, oh, yeah, mentor programs are great. And then the mentees don't know what to do. And the mentors don't know, am I doing this right? So really, I think it's the structure that has made the successes that we've had. And for some companies, we continue to run their mentor programs. For others, they do two rounds. And then they take it internal and they run the program themselves, but they've had two years experience seeing, okay, this is how you put a mentor program together. And these are the materials that provide the structure. So I would say the structure is just, is the key to having a successful mentor program.
1: Yeah. And I would add on, uh, you know, where Susan's been able to take this, especially into lots of different industries um, from, you know, insurance and banking. Agricultural
2: services, education. Where else, Susan? In the States, the Fortune 500 companies, there's a, a large engineering company in Cleveland, Ohio, where we've done this work for many, many years now. And now we're to the point where we have the folks that were the mentees, you know, four or five years ago are now coming back as the mentors. So that's been really cool to see. Yeah, a
1: lot of this is capacity development, which I think, again, in the context of remote, it's so key that we're having better conversations, equipping everyone with the skills that they can then ripple out and pass on to, you know, their next generation as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And Michelle, what about the curiosity? Everything, everything's been answered?
0: I'd say it's just getting started. I (laughs) encourage you to get in touch with Susan. This is such a gift. And I I just think it's needed. I think it's needed in the world today now more than ever, because there is that sense of isolation or loneliness or just trying to figure out how do you do life in the remote space? How do companies communicate with their remote team? And I think this can be part of the solution. Um, So just thank you for the incredible work that you're doing in the world. We're also going to have your information for all our listeners on our guest page of the podcast so that you can find Susan very easily and connect with her. So I hope that it's sparked some great ideas as you launch into 2020. And thanks for being here today, Susan. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Susan. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Michelle. See you again soon in the remote space. Take care, everyone.